The following is a presentation of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church and Pastor Chris Tice. For more audio and video content, please check us out on the web at www.opendoornj.org. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse number 23. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread... And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, you just show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore... Whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves... We should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that ye come not together unto condemnation. And the rest will I set in order when I come. So we have an understanding here that Paul has been given instruction by the Holy Spirit. He's instructing a church, the church at Corinth, He's giving them instruction. Notice the last verse. He's setting some things in order because there were some things in the church that were out of order. God gave him some order to set to the church. He said, this is what we're going to do. This is the order. This is what we should do as a a church body. And so he's giving instruction. And so as we look at it tonight, we're looking at the instruction that Paul is giving to this local New Testament church on how we're to observe the Lord's table, on how we're to partake of the Lord's table. Again, not to take it lightly, not that it would be commonplace, not that it would be just for ceremonial purposes, but that it would purify, that it would bring unity to the local New Testament church. Look at this time of remembrance, and I just want to give you a few words tonight to describe, if you would, what we do as as God's church when it comes to observing the Lord's table. And uh, it's a time uh, of remembrance. It's a time that's special. Uh, It's a time that we see uh, the Lord instructed he, he presented to, he showed uh, the early church how to do that. Obviously, there was times where uh, the church was so small in a sense of where, it was, where Jesus was instructing his disciples, they were there at a table. Uh, obviously, we don't have a table long enough for all of us to gather around tonight, but we've gathered together in the place that God has given us. The significance tonight is not the pews, it's not the furniture, uh, it's not the, uh, the uh, if you would, the elements, uh, it's not what we have in the cups, it's not what we have... Uh, to represent the, this, the, the important thing that we focus on is the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The important thing that we focus on, let's not be distracted by, sometimes ceremony uh, can distract us from exactly why uh, we're here. And I think, again, far too often the, the communion celebration is looked on as being commonplace. It's just something we do every few months. It's, in reality, it's far more than that. And I want to give just a few words tonight just to kind of describe what I believe this text tells us it is. In verses 23 through 25, 
I believe that he's telling us that it's a time of commemoration. It's a time of commemoration. The, the verses remind us that the Lord's table, the Lord's supper service, is a time for calling to mind the great sacrifice and victorious resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a time of commemoration. It's a time when we call to mind, we remember, we gather at the Lord's table for a communion. Uh, we're not offering a new sacrifice. We're not coming tonight to, to crucify Christ anew and refresh. We're not coming tonight to sacrifice Him all over again. We're coming tonight to remember the sacrifice that He made that was once for all. It's already been done. We're not, we're not doing it again. We're, we're, we're not uh, repeating the sacrifices as, as we understand it's already been done. We're commemorating. We're remembering. And the idea of remembering is more than just recalling an event that took place. By the way, I don't know about you tonight, but I can't recall what I wasn't there to observe. I can't recall in my mind, remember in my mind, what it was like at the cross. I can read the descriptions in the Bible. I can understand what the Bible says. But what I've experienced when it comes to the sacrifice of Lord Jesus Christ is not something I've experienced outwardly, physically, because I haven't seen it. But it's something I've experienced inwardly. How about you tonight? that the Lord has cleansed me with his blood, that the Lord has washed away my sins, what I've experienced at the cross happened inside. I didn't get to see the outside. You with me tonight? You didn't get to see the outside. But we can commemorate the sacrifice and what it's done for us on the inside. Do you remember the time where you realized what you were, as according to the Scripture, that you realized that uh, your righteousness, your goodness, all the things that you thought were good about you were not enough to save you? that uh, you couldn't do anything to earn your way to heaven, that the only way that you could be saved, that you could be uh, a, a child of God, part of the family of God, is if you accepted the sacrifice that the Lord Jesus Christ made for you. And when that blood was applied, if you would, to your heart, when that blood was applied to your life, you became a new creature, didn't you? The Lord Jesus Christ, with his blood, he's cleansed us. This is, this is by the way, tonight, this is a commemoration of that moment. This is a remembrance of that moment. It's a remembrance of what Jesus did. It's, it's an idea uh, uh, that we remember more than just, again, recalling an event. It's, it's the idea of stirring up the mind to re- relive with Jesus Christ as much of his life, his death, his resurrection as humanly possible. It's, it's time to remember that, hey, about, how about this tonight? Philippians 2, 5, and 6, he left heaven to be born in a human body. It's time to remember 2 Corinthians 8, 9, that he became poor that we might be rich. It's, it's time to remember tonight, uh, 1 Peter 2.24, that he bore our sins in his own body on the tree. Uh, it's time to remember tonight that Isaiah 53.4-6, that he willingly took our place on the cross of Calvary, that he took my place, he took your place. It's, it's time to remember tonight, Revelation 1.5, uh, he shed his blood for our redemption. It's time to remember that. You, uh, hey, that, this is a wonderful time of remembrance, but what I'm saying tonight, it's, it's not time to think about something else. It's time to remember this. Uh, it's not time to dwell on something else. There's a lot of things we could focus on tonight, but tonight as a church, can we all remember this? Can we all focus on this? It's, it's time to remember tonight, church, Matthew 28, uh, 1 through 6, he conquered death for us forever. It's time to remember that. Uh, it's time to remember tonight, Hebrews 7.25, that he ascended back to heaven to finish his redemptive work to serve, out, uh, uh, to serve as our high priest forever. That he ever liveth 
to make intercession for me. That he ever liveth to make intercession for us. I think that's good for us to remember as a church, don't you? It's time tonight for us to remember that. It's a time of commemoration. Number two, it's a time of contemplation. It's a time of contemplation. Not only do we remember what Jesus has done for humanity, but we contemplate what his sacrifice means to us as individuals. Not just what he's done, if you would, in the sense of for all of the church. I'm thankful, listen tonight, I'm thankful for what he's done for the church. I'm thankful that I got to worship this morning with believers. Uh, You got to worship this morning with believers. Uh, We're worshiping tonight with believers. I'm thankful for what he's done for the church, but I'm being contemplative tonight about what he's done for me. I mean, really what he's done for me individually. I'm, I'm thankful that he, his sin was enough, not just, not for our sin only, the Bible says, but also for the sins of the world. I'm thankful that his blood was enough, that uh, his sacrifice was enough, that when Jesus said it was finished, it was done. When, when Jesus completed what he set out to complete, there's nothing that you and I have to do to add to it tonight. There's nothing we can do to add to it. It's all done in Christ. Do you believe that tonight? And it's done for us. It's a time of contemplation. Uh, 1 Timothy 1.15, Jesus died on the cross to save sinners. You know what that means? If I'm applying that to me, I'm saying I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. Jesus died to save. Jesus didn't die for me as a good person. Jesus died for me as a sinner. The Bible says in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It doesn't say that Jesus died for good people. As a matter of fact, he said, I come not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Uh, Romans 3 tells us there there is none righteous, no, not one. You see, before anybody can contemplate the cross, before they can ever truly consider what Christ has done, they have to see themselves the way the Bible says they are. They're sinners. You know, we've gathered tonight, and, and by the way, we're still sinners, aren't we? We're still sinners. Uh, we're saved sinners, thank the Lord for that, but we're still sinners, aren't we? If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the, and the truth is not in us. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Aren't we glad tonight that even though we were sinners, Christ died for us? You know what I'm thankful tonight contemplatively? That when I stand at the judgment, I will not give an account for even one sin that I've committed. You know why? Because all of those sins were paid for by Christ. There's not going to be this is your life. You're not going to stand before God, and God's not going to bring up a sin that you committed. He's not going to say, why did you do this? He's not even going to talk about the sins you've committed. When we stand before God, if if you've been saved tonight as a child of God, he's going to see you as one of his children, and the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, has cleansed you from all your sins. When we sing that song, my sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, how much tonight that we talk about the blood and the cross and, and the sacrifice, and so much of those songs just recount how much of our sin is just covered by the blood, covered by cleanse, gone because of the blood, blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, listen, there's a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flow, lose all, lose all their guilty stains. I'm thankful that although we've been washed in the blood, there's not a stain tonight. There's not a stain. I'm a child of God tonight. I'm not a sinner. I'm a child of God. I've been saved by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. In God's eyes, I've been made righteous through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. But by the way, he had to become sin for me to become righteous. Jesus took our place. 
Does the fact that he's alive forevermore thrill your soul? Does it cause you to want to bow uh, before him humbly in worship? You know, we should use this time to reflect on what the work of Christ means to us as individuals. We, we, should, we should reflect on what his death and resurrection has accomplished in our lives. Think about this tonight. Because he died for our sins, I don't have to die for my sins. Because he rose victoriously, hey, I take part in the resurrection. I, I've, been, I've been, listen, we're going to rise. We're going to, hey, listen, the dead in Christ will rise first. Do you, you believe that tonight? Resurrection, uh, oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, oh, grave, where is thy victory? You know, uh, I wonder tonight, it's, as we consider our personal walk with the Lord, does our life reflect resurrection power? Uh, does our life reflect uh, what, what God has done for us? Uh, does it reflect, I mean, are we walking around looking for license, uh, looking for liberty to do as we please? Uh, or, or, or are we saying, no, we've been freed from that chain. You know the chain to do as I please? I'm never pleased with what I desire. When I, when I want something, boy, I'm never pleased with it. I get it. I'm not pleased with it. I'm not satisfied with it. But you know what? Uh, the, the fact is that Jesus satisfies. I don't desire any other sacrifice tonight. I, I don't want any other thing. Uh, eternal life is mine because of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a time of contemplation. Number three, it's a time of identification. It's a time of identification. Look at verse number 24. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. This do in remembrance of me. When, when we take the Lord's Supper, we are publicly identifying ourselves with Jesus Christ. Now, it is possible for a lost person to partake of the Lord's Supper and never be saved. You know, uh, this event holds no saving power. <laughs> in other words, tonight, taking the bread and the cup is not going to save anybody in the room. This commemoration doesn't hold saving power for us. The commemoration is because of the saving power, because of what Christ has done. Uh, you know, uh, those of us who are saved, we, we declare publicly that we believe his death and resurrection were for us. That we believe that. That we, that we believe in the risen Savior, that we believe that Christ died for us and We've been saved by grace. We boldly identify ourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible reminds us that those who know him are not to be ashamed of him. Paul said this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God and salvation to everyone that believes. I am not ashamed. Those that know Christ, those that truly are saved, are not ashamed of Christ. They're not ashamed to be identified with Jesus. Uh, by the way, that's one reason why immediately after someone's saved, we baptize them. They're identifying with Christ. A commemoration, a ceremony doesn't save anybody. The water doesn't wash them, doesn't save them. They've been saved by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's a memorial about eternal life that we, we pass from death unto life. And this tonight is a memorial of the death that Christ died so that we could have eternal life. The Lord's Supper service is, is a prime time to identify yourself with Jesus. It's where we say tonight, I'm not ashamed. Listen, why, why would we be ashamed amongst other believers? You know, sometimes we're ashamed because we know that we're doing it unworthily. Sometimes we're ashamed amongst other believers because we know we're not serious about God. Sometimes we're ashamed because we know that in our life there are things that should not be. I'm not saying that anybody taking the Lord's Supper tonight could any way, shape, or form be perfect. But how is our walk with God? 
Are we in a position tonight in a way that's pleasing? How about our attitudes, our heart? Where are we at tonight? Are we in a place, in a position tonight where we're saying, God, I'm remembering your sacrifice, what it's done for me, and, and I want you to be pleased with my life. I'm identifying with the Lord Jesus Christ. After Jesus was arrested, the, the problem Peter had was identifying with Christ, wasn't it? He didn't want to be identified with Christ. He was afraid for what that might cost him. He denied the Lord Jesus Christ, and later he recanted that denial. He identified with Christ. As a matter of fact, as we understand from the way he was martyred, he was not ashamed to be identified with the Lord Jesus Christ in his actual death. We understand that in Acts chapter 2, when Peter got up and preached the message, uh, apparently he was no longer ashamed to be identified with Christ. He said, I'm a believer. I'm a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that Jesus is the Messiah. And he's the one that died to pay for our sins. Listen, he got up and publicly declared. You know what that meant for a lot of the early church when they would do this? When they would do this, listen, baptism and Lord's Supper for a lot of them meant going on somebody's list. It meant that if I was going to be baptized, somebody that was watching, remember Paul? You heard about him this morning. When he was watching, he was, he, he was looking. How do you think people got on the list when they publicly identified with Christ in baptism? Those that gathered in fellowship, when they, when they would gather to remember the Lord's table, when they would identify with what Christ had done, a lot of times it meant that there was going to be some harsh consequences. You know, sometimes as, as, uh, as a church that uh, has a little bit more comfort, a little bit more, you know, come on, we have way more comforts, don't we? Oh uh, boy, we're just, we're spoiled, aren't we, as a church? This is not going to cost us anything. You know what? It costs uh, some, some of God's church, uh, it costs us time. It may cost us some entertainment. It may cost us that we can't do something else tonight in the place. But here's the thing tonight. We've come together because we said this is worth doing. This is worth doing. It's worth identifying with the Lord. Uh, number four tonight, it's a time of declaration. It's a time of declaration. Look at verse 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death. You do show the Lord's death till he come. You know, this verse reminds us that when we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we are declaring his death and resurrection to new generations of people. I remember uh, being a young boy in the church and watching uh, people take the Lord's Supper. I don't really remember it fully clicking what I was doing but I was glad that I was able to observe it. I was glad that I was able to see it because I don't know if I fully understood as a child all of what it meant. I don't know if I even appreciated all of it, uh, but I do know that it was worth doing. And boy, to this next generation in God's church, it's so important that they see that we are, that we are willing to identify with Christ and show his death, declare his death, preach Christ and him crucified, the Bible says. Declaration. It's why we preach the gospel message, right? Uh, uh, we preach, we proclaim it so that men and women, boys and girls, will have the opportunity to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ as all the redeemed have done. Therefore, let us determine that we will ever remind this lost and dying world that there is only one source of salvation and his name is Jesus Christ. It, it's, why we, it's why we make this declaration tonight. This is a declaration of the church's independence in Christ. This is us saying... We are free because Christ has made us free. We are declaring that the only way to 
to, to heaven. The only way to be a child of God, the only way to be forgiven is through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, in a day when many churches are becoming more seeker-friendly and others are abandoning the doctrines of salvation by grace through faith alone, I think it's important that we determine as long as there are breath in our bodies, we will strive to protect the message of the gospel in this church. That, that we will be careful to, to proclaim uh, boldly, publicly, the message of the gospel, not watered-down gospel, not, not, not less than what the Bible says. By the way, not more than what it says either. I, I'm not trying to make the gospel... Some people have a way of making the gospel ugly. The gospel message is not ugly. The gospel message is the greatest news that could ever be given to us. It's the most wonderful news. By the way, it's good news. And uh, last time I checked, if we're giving good news, we shouldn't be so angry about it. You know, we're, we're not angry about the fact that we have good news. I understand sometimes the need to, uh, to be passionate about and the need to proclaim zealously and to be bold about. Uh, but the truth is, we are carrying a, a good message, a message of good news, a message of hope, a message of love, a message of forgiveness. And by the way, I don't think people uh, don't uh, receive the gospel sometimes because they, uh, because they understand it. I think they don't believe it sometimes just because it's either been poorly presented or it's just they, they, they don't understand it as far as what God's word says about it. I, th- I think if we, would, if we would be more bold and more joyous and more declarative about what it's done for us and we would live of the gospel as the Bible says, boy, it would make a difference. Uh, listen, the, the gospel shouldn't just be declared inside the walls of the church. It should be declared outside the walls of the church. We're the church. We go out. We need to declare the gospel message. We should live of the gospel. That declaration uh, should be uh, on our lips. Not only is it a time of declaration, but uh, verse 26 as well, it's a time of expectation. It's a time of expectation. You know, we're reminded that this time s- serves to store up our thoughts concerning the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. That we do show the Lord's death, verse 26, till he come. Hey, listen tonight. We're not going to do this after he comes. There's not going to be a point to do this after he comes. You know when we get to do this? Now, before he comes. After he comes, there'll be no more reason, no more purpose for doing this. After he comes, we're doing this until he comes. You notice the expectation there. We're, we're going to be given a, a body as Christ intended for us to have a glorified body. Uh, we're going to be given, uh, listen, a body uh, that's, that's perfect as he's perfect. We're going to see him. We're going to be like him. We're going to see him as he is. We're going to know even as also uh, we are known. There's gonna t- the, the time for this is going to be over. You know why we should be so excited about God's church and the times that we have now? Because this is the time for it. This is the time for it, and the time is short. It's not going to be long. We're not going to have this anymore. And by the way, I don't think we're going to long to have it, but I'm glad tonight that we can have it. It's a time of expectation. He's coming back. The Lord's Supper service should serve to remind us the fact that He's coming. It should stir up our hearts by reminding us that one day soon our Savior will return to take us home. And then lastly tonight, before we observe the Lord's table together, it's a time of examination. It's a time of examination. Uh, this is kind of the, uh, the, the, t- the, the point that we kind of mull over, we don't really pay attention to. But uh, I think this, with great care, as Paul is speaking to this church, 
he gives them a warning. He gives them a warning. By the way, the Corinthian church, they were doing bad in this area. They were being irreverent. They were, not, they were treating these things lightly as being common, as being ordinary. Um, you know, while all the things that we've considered tonight is, are important, the final one is a serious thing to all of us. Uh, the Lord's Supper service is a time of reflection and worship, but it's also, this is, this is a big point. It's a time for all of us to examine ourselves. It's a time for us to have a checkup, if you would. This is, if you would, would be the state of the church address. This, this would be where we would say, okay, this is where we're at. There's some things in our lives that should not be, and we're going to examine. We're going to self-examine tonight. We're going to look within, and we're going to be honest with ourselves, and we're going to say, yeah, there's some things that shouldn't be. There's some things about me. There's some attitudes. There's some desires. There's some things in my life that, that shouldn't be, and I'm going to make those things right with the Lord tonight. You know, I think in every relationship, it's good for us to examine, don't you? I mean, if we don't have a checkup, if we don't have an examination, before long, things grow apart. Uh, If you're married tonight, boy, you should have an examination every once in a while and come apart and say, hey, how am I doing? Am I I doing well? And sometimes, how how many sometimes you think you're doing better than you actually are? Boy, that's me. Sometimes I think, Oh, I'm being a great husband, good father. And then I do the self-examination, boy, like failure. I failed. I failed. Now, does that mean that, that, I can't, that I can't do better? Does that mean that things can't change? No, but if I'm not willing to be examined, if I'm not willing to self-examine, you know what's going to end up happening? My life is going to judge me. If I'm not willing to examine myself and give myself an honest grade, if you were, and make the changes that need to be made, what is going to end up happening is your life is actually going to judge you. It's going to show whether you've examined or not examined. It's going to show the fruits. Hey, listen, be not deceived. God is not mocked, right? For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. The time is, listen, there's there's only a small amount of time that you can pretend that everything's okay. Some people, they prolong it longer than they should. I've done it too, where we can pretend that everything's... But before long, your life is going to judge you. It's going to reveal of itself the decisions that you've made, the direction that you're going. And the truth is, tonight, it would be better for us to judge ourselves that we should not be judged. But the truth is, what the Bible tells us is that if we won't judge ourselves, we will be judged. If we don't judge ourselves we will be judged. So this is why we do this tonight. We've come, I understand, judgment-free zone, but the truth is it's not a judgment-free zone because judgment begins in the house of God. It's where we say, I want to judge myself. I want to be accountable to my Savior. I want to have the checkup, the examination. So as we examine ourselves, uh, let's heed the warnings. Number one, it's a warning to the lost. No one who has not been saved should take of the Lord's Supper service. It's a dangerous thing to do so. That's why uh, I, I appreciate even some men in our church. There's been times where uh, I've called for the Lord's table, even as a pastor, and uh, some of the men in our church have come to me and said, Pastor, maybe this is not a good time for us to do that. You know, and I, th- I thought that was, a good, that was a good consideration. You know, we're, we're not just trying to invite. We're not, we're not having uh, the community come in, lost people come in. We're inviting the the lost to come in and and partake of the Lord's Supper. Why? Because it would be unwise for us 
to, to cause them to bring a judgment upon themselves. The Bible warns that, that it's not for them. And so the truth is tonight that this is not a, uh, an outreach service. This is a time where we look inwardly as the church and examine ourselves, and it's a, there's a warning to the lost. There's a warning to the backslidden. You know, when we come to the Lord's table with sin in our lives, the Bible says we open up ourselves. If we won't judge ourselves, we open up ourselves to God's judgment. The truth is, is whether or not you believe it or not, it's true. And if you take the Lord's Supper and you do so lightly, the Bible says that you are bringing condemnation, that you're bringing judgment on yourself because you're not willing to heed what the Word of God has to say. So we don't, we don't take it lightly. Uh, we, we examine ourselves. The Bible says he will chasten his children when they profess to be right with God, and yet they're harboring sin in their hearts. Look at verse 29. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Here's the truth tonight. How precious is Jesus to us? So should we treat him lightly, flippantly, like he doesn't matter? You know, the Bible tells us we're not to use his name in vain. But the truth is, is using his name in vain would be us using his name tonight, gathering together in his name tonight, but not really discerning his body. Not really saying that he's precious to us. It's, it's a warning to the lost. It's a warning to the backslidden. It's, it's a warning against taking it lightly. Too often, people who will come to the Lord's table will not take the time to search their hearts for sin. Um, David said this. You said, I'm forgiven of all my sin. The truth is, you're forgiven tonight. But how many know that we have to exercise the forgiveness that's been offered to us? I don't go and confess my sins to Christ. By the way, there's only one mediator between God and man, Jesus Christ. I don't go and confess my sins to Jesus Christ because I'm hoping he will forgive me. I'm going to him because he is faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I'm exercising a forgiveness that I already have. In other words, I'm understanding saying, God's paid for my sin already. He's already, I'm not going to die and go to hell because of the sins that I've committed because the Lord Jesus Christ has redeemed me and saved me. But I'm not going to live this life like it doesn't matter how I live my life. I'm not going to live this life like I can just flippantly treat the blood of the Lord Jesus, that I could take God's grace and be lascivious, uh, turn it to lasciviousness, treat it loosely, look at it as a license to live my life for me. Uh, last time I checked, the Bible said, you're not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, for they are God's. You know why God is going to take our bodies when he comes back? Because they belong to him. Because he purchased them. You know what? I'm glad that God saved all of me. Not just my spirit, not just my soul. He saved the whole man. That's what he's done for all of us. And we belong to him. What we do in our body. Does God care about what we do with our bodies? Whether therefore you eat or drink, whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Now, I stand before you tonight knowing that not everything I do with my body brings glory to God. How about you? So when I come before the Lord tonight, I'm going to say, God, I'm sorry for what I'm doing with my body that doesn't bring you glory. God, would you help me to be conformed the image of your son. Would you help me to be more like your son, Jesus? Not flippantly, not just so I get a pass for the ceremony tonight, but because I really want to be like Christ. How about you?
the more the church looks like Christ, the better we will be presenting the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. I think we need to look at ourselves, you know, as as a, a child, I think many of us can remember our mothers telling us to wash up for supper. Wash your hands. How many times did you go to the table as a kid and your mom said, did you wash your hands? How many times did you not do it? I remember, I remember not washing my hands, going to the table and saying I washed my hands. Anybody really want to be honest tonight? I didn't want to do it. I said, oh, yeah, I washed my hands yesterday. I'm not ready until I've washed. I'm not ready until... The, the Jews, they took very seriously... We're not under the law. We're under grace. They took very seriously washing themselves, sanctifying themselves. I'm glad that Jesus Christ sanctifies us. The truth is, the way that I get clean, the washing of the water of the Word, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, we ask the question tonight, are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Here's a good question for all of us tonight. Are you saved? Are you saved? Have you been born again? Is your life pleasing to God? Are there hidden things in your life that need to be dealt with? Is there any problem between you and another believer? Can you honestly say that your heart and life is pure? Are you ready to receive the bread and the juice with a heart of true worship for God, the Father, His Son, and the Holy Spirit of God? Are you ready to partake, to do it in remembrance of Him? If God has used this ministry in any way to be a blessing to you, please take a moment to send us an email to info at opendoornj.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at opendoornj.org. Thanks for tuning in.